Thrilled to welcome you to another episode of Zach's Speakeasy, where you can step behind the bookcase, hear some inside stories, and all about drinks of choice. Now, your host, Zach Hilton. Welcome to the Speakeasy. I am Zach, your host. Uh, today's episode's going to be a good one. I have my buddy Justin Hanks on the show. We're going to talk about how he's a jack of all trades, how he's been in many hats, but he fits in every single hat that he wears. That's right. Um, if you hear this weird sound, it's just during the intro because somebody's cutting down a tree uh, next door. So they're getting it done. They're getting the job done. But I don't want to waste any more time. Let's get into this interview with my pal, Justin Hanks. It's rickety. It's what it does. Are you switching chairs? I thought about it. You can switch your chairs. It's fine. I got an intro to do. We're back. We're here, baby. This is uh, Zach Speakeasy. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, at Zach Speakeasy. Also on Untapped, we're rating beers. That's what we do. So, uh, Zach Speakeasy for that. Also, look down the pipeline because next month, big month, big month, a lot of announcements uh, between the Hunters Podcast and this show and other shows. So, be on the lookout for that. But now that the riggedy chair has been less riggedy, I want to intro a friend of mine, uh, a man of many hats, a man that I've been dying to get onto this show because I guessed it on his show once, and I don't even think he's been on any other shows that I've hosted. So, I'd like to welcome Justin. Thank you for coming. Hi, thank you for having me. I, I just want to say right off the bat, you just did that whole intro in one take yeah. live in front of me. Yeah. That's impressive. <laughs> for, for people that think that like he do, might do the intro later on on his yeah. own, nope, he yeah. did it right in front of me. One take, not one slip up. Not one slip up, but though no I say scripts. by myself, by myself, I'll have a hard time. I'll have a hard time and have to redo it and uh, no come kidding. in. Yeah, 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 like I've said on the solo shows, like those are the most nerve-wracking episodes because I don't have someone to go off of. Right, interesting. I mean, I've never tried it. I've really thought about it. Yeah. I, mean, I listen to like Bill Burr a lot in his yeah. podcast and he's great at it, but... Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, I, would, I just listened to that episode and you were, you were talking about it. You're like, it's, it's so weird. It's nerve-wracking. And maybe it's because of the wrestler acting side of me being able to do it in front of people so I can bring on this something. I but see. there's no one to go off. Right. Like well, maybe if I put a mirror... Well, I'll tell you this. <laughs> I wouldn't have known that you felt any less comfortable because I think your solo episodes are great. Well, I appreciate they that. They don't sound and any different to me. Weirdly, a lot of love for the solo. So I appreciate that. But my favorite are the guest one, and you're the guest sure, this week. That's me. So I love that. Now, before we get into today's episode, we are going to have the drink of choice. What an interesting way of doing the drink of choice. I've let you come up with the idea. And what you did was get a six-pack from Kroger. Everybody knows I love the Kroger because right. you can get many choices. And you've picked many choices, but we picked two. So we're going to have halvesies of each one. So weirdly, we're going to have a drink of choice at the beginning and the drink of choice at the middle. 
And then that's the show. Okay, great. I love it. So, because you are the guest and you invited me to your wonderful home to record said cast, uh, you pick which one we do. All right. I say we do this one first just you... because it has less alcohol in it. <laughs> Super excited It'll about this one, It'll warm me up for too. the second one. <laughs> that's how we do, baby. It's a Shiner Candied Pecan. Okay. I'm into this. I don't know anything else about it. It says it's seasonal. Okay. Don't know how seasonal. All right. I'm into it. What does it say at the bottom? I can't read that. What do you think well, of the can? The can's nice. Can's very nice. It, it, I, that's what caught my eye. Is it weird that the can looks like it's from 1984? That's what I kind of like about it. Yeah. But it also classic. it's got like a... It's all, I mean, I know these are pecan, like pictures of pecan on the can, mm -hmm. but it kind of reminds me of like coffee as well. It's got like, almost like a coffee shop vibe You're to it. You're a coffee guy. I know. Oh, you have a coffee sign in your living room. That's right. Okay. Well, we're opening it. You get the pour first. All right. Go. You're the guest. I'm here. Okay, so it's a brownie ale look. Yeah, it looks kind of like coffee. Looks yum yum. Yeah, yeah, it does look. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely dark, but holding it up to the light, it's got almost like an amberish to it. There you go. Finish that off. Okay. There you go. Okay. So yeah, it's got an amber. Yeah, it definitely went from brown to amber real fucking quick. All right, you ready? Oh wow. That's pretty good. Oh, that's great. That tastes. Maybe you can feel me on this. It tastes like an alcoholic cream soda. Yes, that's exactly what it is. It's a hundred percent with like a pecan finish. That's right. Wow, Nailed that's it. not bad. Oh, good pick, sir. Oh, uh, yeah, pick. that's great. That's a fun sipper. I would absolutely get more of that. I would have a, like so if I went to the Kroger and I had to pick six and this was there, I would get two of them. Yeah, me too. Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty good. It's good. I found good a new, find. Found a new winner. Uh, thank you. Look at you. I'm telling you, this is why I want to be part of the people that design the can. Okay. Because there's no way. I mean, this is something you drink and you taste. Yeah. But if you've never had it before, they have to sell you the beer. Yeah. Just by looking at the can. Yeah. And I and I trust that. So if I like the can, I, I'm curious if I'm going to like the beer. And you're normally, I'm normally right. Yeah. And I think like. This is one of the few times where I do feel like the cover does match the beer. A hundred percent. Like Absolutely. sometimes, sometimes you do get swindled. Like you have a neat little package. Yes, right. Oh yeah. That happens. And then you, and, sure. and this isn't a knock. Like I, and you know me, it's one of your favorite things about me <laughs> is that like, if something references a movie or something yes. and I get it and I enjoy it, that's a good thing. Sometimes there is a burn. Sometimes I that's have true. gotten burned. Absolutely. And I'm not going to put them out there on blast because that's not what this show's about. But there's been a couple of times I've bought some kind of snazzy right. can. Some kind of reference and, to pop culture. And I get screwed in there. That the, you're a fan of. Yeah, yeah it happens. Yeah, yeah. It happens. So, before we start, and I was thinking about this for the past week. Okay. About this, like, conversation. Because really, it's about a conversation. That's right. One of the many things I love about you is that you are impressive at a lot of things oh thank and you. it got me to thinking of this and it's this uh quote right here and it's the full phrase because i don't like when the full phrase isn't used okay this is absolutely a jack of all trades is a master of none but oftentimes better than a master of one yeah I, now you are that to a t I, I th I th i've been described as that many i've heard that quote many a times and it is legitimately that of you like yeah. you have your hand in so many hats yeah that it's not necessarily like you you want to do multiple things you want to do a lot of things yeah and i dig that about you thank you that's that's so 
You know, it's interesting. It's actually the first time, one of the first times I came across that quote, it actually was describing something that wasn't complimentary about me, but something I was self-conscious about because I felt like I was good at a lot of things, but I wasn't like excellent at anything. Mm -hmm. And that I didn't like for a long time. Okay. So I looked at it in almost like the glass half empty for a long time. And that's kind of weird because of like how much, how good you are at things. Like just, just so the, the audience can understand that you, you've helped me do a lot at my own house. Sure. You've yeah. helped me remodel a kitchen. Yeah. Took down a wall. You took down <laughs> a whole wall yeah. by yourself. Um, you helped me get that backyard, uh, to have the fire pit look that it has oh, now. Yeah. Yep. You, you put day. in the door and this is just building aspects of you. Oh yeah. The door. This, yeah. this isn't even counting that at one point you've hosted your own podcast. Yeah. At one point you were a member of a band. Yeah. Many a band. You are a teacher. Yeah. And you also have your own Etsy store. That's true. Yeah, that's like the newest kind of quest that I've kind of conquered it's the, accidentally. This is this is why it's the yeah. hardest conversation for me because I don't know what avenue yeah. to start it. I did photography. Photography. You've done <laughs> uh, shots of me. Yeah, you, yeah remember? Headshots. Yeah, I do remember. You did headshots of me, and you've never done headshots before. Yeah. And you were like, "Yeah, I think I could do this." Yeah. And they were fucking good looking yeah. pics. I turned one of my rooms into a little photography studio, and I had a podcast. I turned one of another room into like a little uh, podcast. I built a table for the podcast. Right, and that's yeah. where I think you're miss. No offense to you, you're misinterpreting. Yeah. Your uh, look at things where you're like, oh, I'm just good. That's right, not right. it. You should be proud that you go all in for am, the things you love. I am now. Absolutely. That was something that I learned in my throughout my 20s. That's something that I got. It, well, I mean, it was before it was like, when I was in my 20s, I was good at everything I'm good at now, but I wasn't as good. Now I'm even better. Now that I'm in my 30s, right. all the things, that, you know, as far as like building things, I look at stuff I built five, six years ago, and I'm like, I'm embarrassed by it. Cause you, but that's good, because you want to grow, and you get much better. But, uh, that's yeah, that's something I feel much better about now. Uh, I, I think that's kind of an artist's way of looking at things, though. Yeah, well... Like, some artists don't look at their acting. Right. Because they, they want to critique it so much. I, like, as much as I love watching me wrestling for the person that's watching it with me, because mm -hmm. I get that all the time. It's like, oh, I want to see a match. Okay, cool. Let's watch a match. And during it, I'm critiquing the fuck out of it. Right, yeah. Where I feel like that's all you're doing. Yeah, that's true. That's And, you, you know, quite honestly, I, I was thinking about this the same thing about you as well, because you're talking about, you know, you're writing a new script. Mm -hmm. And I, I think of, like, especially even, like, wrestling... What I learned was these are all just like the medium in which you kind of expressed your own cre creativity. Yeah. And I mean, you have that in you, mm -hmm. whether it's, I mean, you stopped one podcast or paused it. Yeah. And you immediately started another one. You're constantly thinking a new one. So podcasts are, are just one avenue that you've taken. I took photography. You right. did wrestling. I did bands. And right. I, you, it's the sa I see it in you. It's the same freaking thing. That the itch to even write a script in the first place is because you have this little creative spark inside of you that you have to let out. Right. And doing something 
uh, tangible and creative with it. Like, I need to put this on paper in some kind of way. Right. The medium doesn't matter. It's just the creativity that's inside. And that, that's kind of what I've learned about myself is when I stopped doing, like, music, I ended up picking up photography. And I was like, oh, this is all the same thing. It's right. the same thing as music. I'm getting the same thing out of it. It's mm-hmm. just a fun thing to do. Right. And I've just, I just happened to pick different – fortunately, I – got a job that uh, basically just general construction where I learned how all the handyman skills. Right. So that just became part of my skill set. And then I took, I attached my creative mind to it and then I could make myself, I'm looking around my house right now, uh, tables and all sorts of right. other things that I've built myself. But you got the same exact thing. You just happen to never acquire the skill of, of general contracting. Right. Well, it's a, it's a different avenue, like you just said, where you have literally built this house to be yours. Um, you mentioned that you were in a band where I think that's the only part of your life that I've never seen and I kind of want to get into that. Where did you pick up like instruments and stuff I would, like that? Man, I would love to talk about this because you because that part of my life kind of stopped yeah. before you. Entered I've seen it. one little thing of it, and you played at the Norva. Yeah, multiple times. That's when and, I think we both had yeah. a conversation about the Norva, and right, you were yeah. like, "Oh, look at this! This is me there." Yeah, we yeah. So, okay. how do you get in a band? Well, this is how it started. I was about fourteen or fifteen, and. Uh, my older brother played guitar mm-hmm. and he would just sit around the house watching TV, strumming guitar. And I was like, that looks fun. That's something that I want to do. So I uh, started playing guitar. I just wanted to learn. And so I sat in my house and I learned how to play guitar. And then it turned out when I got to like, you know, in ninth grade, 10th grade, playing guitar was cool. <laughs> it was like this cool tr- superpower that I yeah. had. Yeah, and yeah. then it was, you know, other people, you know, played instruments and then we'd start just jamming together in garages, playing like Blink-182 and Green Day, because they're really easy to learn how to play that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and then in high school, I was in a band. Uh, I, was, I mean, I've been in several bands, one of which played with uh, the DeLoreans at oh, the Norba. No yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was kind of like, it was supposed to be almost like a, a cousin to the DeLoreans. I want to believe, I don't want to speak out of school, but I want to say the DeLoreans are managed... Uh, by this same band, it's called a Right On band. Right On, they play like all like strictly, I think like '60s. Oh, really? Cover songs? Yeah, okay. they've played for like past presidents and stuff. They've got all sorts of fancy. Oh, wow. Yeah, they got a huge like uh, tour bus with their name on. It. Anyway, so the guy that kind of the like uh, the lead on that band, uh, his son played bass and some instruments, and he was like, "Hey." I have a bunch of people that want a band for events, but they're not in like this upper tier, maybe not in DeLorean's tier of Mm. events, but we need someone who can like, you know, learn a bunch of cover songs and I can book you guys. So I was in a cover band for a while and that's when we played with the DeLoreans at the Norva. So they played, now the DeLoreans is all like 80s stuff, Mm -hmm. hence the DeLoreans. Mm -hmm. We played uh, all just awesome party songs, no matter what era. Right. But I played in original bands as well. Also at the Norva, um, yeah. It's it's I. There's a part of my life that I was a, a little bit of a rock star. I mean, I signed autographs. Wow, many a time. Isn't that wild? Yeah, absolutely. It's insane. I mean, that was that was. I mean, back when I really thought, oh, this is going to be my whole life. Right. Uh, and then uh, we went on. I was uh, in this band that I was in when I was like 19. We went on like a tour mm-hmm. uh, up to like the East Coast, and I hated it. 
Oh, yeah. I got homesick. I yeah. hated, like, what I thought about it was, I was like, I hated waking up in a different city every day and I didn't even know where the nearest Taco Bell was. I was like, this is the, <laughs> I'm like, I thought this was, this was my dream. You're right. To be, you know, in to, this avenue. Ab- absolutely. And then that killed it. And I was like, I don't want, I don't want to do this. Right. I guess. And then so then I just started playing in local bands and stuff. And it's really hard to be in a band. Because mm-hmm. you have to find a group of people that all play different instruments, yeah. but all want to play the same music as you. And also kind and of, if same, it's local, being the same goals. Yeah, 100%. That's most bands that I've known that kind of split. It's usually one or two people in the band that take it seriously, yeah. want to continue to write new songs. Yeah. And then the other ones are just kind of like, I just like playing shows. And right. then they want to do all the extra stuff, like, let's make t-shirts. How yeah. do we let's design sticker? You're know, like you're just doing all the fun stuff. Right. You're not doing the work. Right. So I probably would continue to be in bands if it was just it's so hard. And then you got your schedules have to work out to where right. you could even. So it got really hard. outside of high school mm-hmm. and fresh out of high school. It got really difficult to even be in a band, and I struggled for a long time. I really wanted to do it. I was kind of heartbroken that like those days were kind of behind me. I kind of held on to it maybe a little longer than I should have. Mm-hmm. Maybe if like you got out of like. Uh, you know, a long relationship and you just didn't get over her for a super long time, way too inappropriately long time. (laughs) That's how it felt with like music. And I think like photography was actually kind of like my uh, rebound almost. Like it was something I could do by myself Mm. and get a a finished product at the end that I could be like, look how the coolest came out versus like a song that was just me. Uh Didn't like as much. Didn't want to do a solo act. No, I mean, it's not as fun. I like doing things with people. Right. What'd you play? I play guitar. Okay. Like just regular guitar or not bass? No, I I could play bass. I mean, they kind of go hand in hand a little bit, uh, but I didn't, I've owned a bass, but I never played bass in a band. I always wanted to play bass in a band, but I always play guitar. You just wanted to be Paul Slapping the bass, man. (laughs) Uh, uh, But I always play guitar and sometimes sing. Sometimes I would be lead vocals. Sometimes I would be backup vocals. Yeah, I could could serenade you right now. I would love to be serenaded. I, I've, I've played guitar maybe collectively now this was at one point in my life it was my life music was my life it was my number one passion Mm. and now i can say i've maybe played guitar collectively for about 10 to 20 minutes in the last six years oh my god it's my child has been born kind of bringing that up is it i don't want to say heartbreaking because as a that's a part of it that is a feeling that you feel yeah yeah like when i wrestled like going back to wrestling like any kind of indie show or something like that i remember one time i actually got in the ring and was just messing around Uh and i missed that yeah absolutely. and then like it was weird when you leave the ring, you remember all the bullshit that you right, did yeah. love. Absolutely. Yeah. Is that sure. kind of the same thing? Uh, like in the moment? I remember you talking about this mm-hmm. on your podcast. And and 100%. It is, I'm like, to the point where I remember when I was listening to you talking about this, I was like, I cannot believe we haven't talked about this before. Yeah. It's the same freaking thing. It's the same feelings. And, and especially... Like, especially now that you've been... Actually, you were kind of out of it when we started becoming friends yeah when we became friends i was having my last match like two months later yeah i don't think i ever had an opportunity yeah to even because see. I, I was and like hey you guys should come but like the relationship was so new right of course because it, so everybody understands brooke has a friend your wife 
Yes. And that's how this is Yeah, all... they've been friends long ago back in college. Right. And then when you guys got together, we kind of all reconnected. And I, you and I became the better friends. Absolutely. And we are We're the keeping glue. this relationship Absolutely. together. Absolutely. <laughs> we are the glue of all four of us. They would be nothing without us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, what was I talking about? Uh, you were talking about when you were playing guitar. Like I said, leaving the ring. Oh, we're talking right because okay, this is part of it. So, do you feel uh, because I barely knew, I've never seen you wrestle other than tapes and such. Yeah. But another thing that's kind of is weird about it is is knowing people that don't I, music was such a part of my identity mm-hmm. and the fact that that's like almost like erased right like that doesn't even exist like you don't even know i play guitar you have no idea right. from like high school and beyond i think that was the only thing people thought of when they thought of me i, I still have high school <laughs> friends that every time every time i hear weezer i think of you and i'm right. like i don't even listen to i barely even listen to music anymore right right and and it was such an, a part of my identity does it feel weird to you that there are people that like have no idea that wrestling was even a part of your life. Honestly, that's what's kind of wild is that I've never known this about you uh-huh. until like right, yeah. maybe midway through our knowing each other. And it still never hit that you were this. Like you played at the Norva and just so people understand, that's a big venue for musical yeah. acts yeah. around here. Like that's played, not and it was that's not a bingo hall. That's it was not, packed when right. I played it. It was absolutely packed. I have a floors. picture of me on stage as not of me, but I took a picture of the crowd right. when I was on stage and just all the way to the back. It's crazy, man. Like I and I'm not like this isn't me bragging because again mm-hmm. I don't identify so much with this. It's just weird that it's happened. It's, there, right. it's almost like it's a memory that I acquired that didn't actually happen. Mm-hmm. But I remember like because ha- I had like a wireless guitar mm-hmm. and I would go from like one side of the stage and I would run to the opposite side of the stage and I would hear like screaming because mm-hmm. they were just excited that I was on that side of the stage right. and I'm like this is weird and I ran this is back when I was like 18 19 years old right. and then I would run back and I would do that every once in a while I'm like I'm over there and it was when you this it's so weird dude and then I just spent the rest of the night sitting on the, the lip of the stage signing autographs yeah it's weird man it's, that, that was that was something I did and right. now I'm like I think nothing of it's so weird how cool I was at certain points. <laughs> right. If you had a DeLorean and could go back in go time back. to certain dates, right. I was a god. That that's been Crazy. wild to see because it is very like I don't know the the outlandish version of you, right? And it feels very outlandish. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And I not to say it plays a part of it, but I, I'm pretty sure you had some drinks and could lubricate back then. Oh, yeah, well, right, yeah. Obviously. Dude, I used to throw parties, man. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know that Jay, baby. <laughs> I, know. I know. It's insane. I mm-hmm. think about that all the time. I Yeah, I don't know. It's an evolution of a person. Absolutely. That comes into play. And I definitely, trust me, I love my version of you. Right. But I'm pretty sure if my old Zach knew old yeah. Justin, it would be a hammering kind of time. Absolutely. Because we... I to really be into I never wrestled the mm-hmm. way that you did right but I was into it right. I was into the at the time WWF right so much so that me and my best friend from high school we I mean we worshiped it not only did we wrestle each other in our backyard I mean I have some really bad high school uh wrestling videos oh us doing I mean I literally I literally power bombed 
him off of a car through one of those little camping tables that's yep. easy to like break. We did yep. that. This is insane. Uh, we we I mean we played on PlayStation. There was like a couple WWF games that we oh, yeah. played the hell out of. Dude, we cut out out of paper in our study block. We cut out little wrestlers. We made like a little belt. Yeah. Uh, and we made a little ring. We made a little ladder that we would like fold up. And literally we, all this stuff would fold up into mm. a, like a little uh, manila envelope or whatever. And mm. every study block we would take it out. And we kept, we had all the matches written out. Who won? Who holds what belts? Yep. And we in just complete silence. And our rule in study block was uh, do whatever you want. Just be quiet. Right. So we would just be quiet. And we would have these little wrestling matches with little paper figures. That is hilarious. So if I had met somebody that did, you know, what you were doing yeah. at that time, it would have been like, oh my God, it's amazing. Mind-blowing. I mean, yeah, and it was when I first met you. I was like, this is so cool. I didn't even know a lot of people that were so right. like, into it, let alone do it. Yeah, I don't get a lot. It's I think as a person that played in a band, you would get more of that like, no way, than what I do now. Because when I meet new people now, they it's weirdly, I feel Killer Reunion Bro gets more play than when I was a wrestler. And maybe right. that's still the traction of like, oh, wrestling's fake, so they don't want to like. I see. What they you're, don't yeah. want to go down that avenue with me, right? Where I'm like, I'll, <laughs> if I was 22 and drunk, I'd be yeah. stretching you right now. <laughs> you know it's, what I mean? It's way cool. I mean, right. it's, it's not like way cooler. In I mean, because Killer Reunion, bro, was awesome, right? And it's awesome that you did it. Uh, but like. I, I could, given the the ability, I could make a, a movie. Oh, absolutely. But dude, I can't like jump off a turnbuckle and flip around. Like it was insane that you were like that's a whole nother level. Of I can't do it either. That's why I retired. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> right. But you got into photography after that. Um, yeah. I feel like you hung with that for a while. It was easy to yeah yeah. It like, was easy to hang. Into what that. were you proud of when you did pictures? Oh, great question. Uh, I liked a lot of the headshots that I was doing. That mm. ended up being like, when I first started doing photography, I tried to take pictures of everything. It's fun to like go out in nature and take pictures. And it's because it's so easy. Cause just, mm. uh, I mean, for the most part, it's nature is gorgeous. So it's easy to take pictures of like a sunset through the trees on a lake. And it's like, you can't go wrong. It's awesome. Right. Uh, but it's not, there wasn't as much like unique about it. So I like taking pictures of, people and you know their their faces and not worry about like a background or you know where they are and looking cool so if i that's why i like i painted one wall of my room just flat black right and i could just shoot people up against that and um then i just got really obsessed with like faces mm -hmm. and because they're all so unique and that i got really into and i just wish it was i never i there was a only a couple people that I photographed that were strangers that I met over there. Really? Years. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think there was a, there was a website. I want to say it was called like Model Mayhem or something. And mm -hmm. it's basically, uh, you know, like Tinder, but for, <laughs> for <laughs> photographers and models. Yeah, right. it's, you could make a profile. It was, okay. almost, it was more similar to like MySpace looking profile. Right. Where you have, you know, just a quick bio. You can 
sign up as a photographer or a model. And then there's mm-hmm. all, you know, makeup artists. There's every everybody that's in the field. Right. And uh, so basically I can go on there and I can just browse through their models that are local. Mm. I can message them. They can I can look at their portfolio of pictures. They can look at my portfolio so they can see the type of work that I do. Oh, wow. Um, and then we can be like, hey, you know, I, oh, I live in Virginia Beach, blah, blah, blah. We can set up a time. And um, yeah, it was great. I met a, a, quite a few people. Like that, but it was never. It was really weird because I was never really looking to get into the field in a professional manner. It was strictly just a hobby, right? And which I think was like, so it was didn't warrant like, you know, I was never going to get an actual like photography studio. And it's always like really weird to like message a pretty young girl online. Yeah, <laughs> be like, hey, yeah. I want to photograph take a picture you. Of you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Please, even though that's here. why they put their profile up, right? That was always kind of like a weird kind of thing to do and. And I would ask my friends a lot, but my friends weren't models. Okay. And not in the sense that they weren't good looking. It's just that it's uncomfortable to have pictures taken of you, especially in like such high res. Yeah. And uh, to it's, get people, my friends, to feel very more comfortable to take pictures. Yeah. It's also kind of, I mean, and that's kind of the best part about that side is it is a business. Like you do yeah. want your stuff out there. The goal for that model is to be getting paid for it right yeah so like eventually that's their goal so they know exactly what they're doing they know what hey i do this do that do the other thing right so they could do that so getting a friend like i remember when you did mine like i've never done anything like that Uh uh-huh so like i'm okay taking direction just because of acting but it is a weird kind of like Happening. Yeah, what do you want me to do? What are you I doing? Really and like when you took the pictures, like the shadows look great and stuff like that. Like you did really good art out of that. Thanks. Do you still mess around any with it? No, I don't even have my camera anymore. You got rid of the I camera. S- I sold it mere Jesus. months ago. Well, I mean, there are two reasons. One, I wasn't using it enough. Two, these damn cameras and these damn phones <laughs> are making uh, like a nice DSLR a little obsolete, at least for what I would like. I always thought for about your hobby. Yeah. Well, I always thought of taking like nice professional pictures of like my child. Right. But I mean, outside of like blowing a picture up to, you know, and then getting it like poster size, mm-hmm. phones are kind of doing that. Good now. enough. They're making like unquote. if you took, especially like an iPhone. Uh, 13 picture in portrait mode where it like blurs the background. I know it's not a real blur. It's right. just kind of a Photoshop blur, but they're doing this for a reason is because that's what makes it look so good. If you were to take one of those pictures, send it back in time to when I was doing photography back in like, you know, 2012 uh, or something. Yeah. Right. And I would be like, that looks amazing. Right. That's, that's the kind of picture. That's how I want my pictures to look. Right. And now you could just do it on your phone so I'm like, most of the use I would get out of a DSLR, I can get a similar quality on my phone. Right? That wasn't the case for a long time. I don't remember the, and it's funny that you brought up 2012. I don't remember if it came out strictly as a rumor or if it actually came out. Do you remember Joss Whedon filmed a scene of the Avengers with an iPhone? No, I don't remember anything they about were, this. They were coming out with like, oh, there's a scene in the Avengers filmed with an iPhone. Now, that being said, now that I'm saying it and they've never really said what, I wonder if that's that post credit scene oh. where they're at Shawarma. 
Oh, right, because that was like a very la- that was like a that month was, before that was the at release. the premiere. They, right. they filmed it after the premiere, that's so right. yeah. it makes me wonder if like that's the that thing they're it. talking about. Well, I, I could also see it because you know Joss does a lot of like interesting shots sometimes. Like mm-hmm. he, he likes to take shots that are like you're really seeing what you need to see like through a mirror, right. basically. And so and and the quality obviously isn't doesn't need to be as good. It's more of right. an interesting shot than a you know high quality shot. And mm-hmm. I could see some things like that being via like an iPhone. But yeah, I've seen lots of things like that or that are really and part of my when I did have. A quote unquote like um, portfolio online back when I had social media, uh, I did have an album that was when that was titled "When All I Have Is My Phone," mm-hmm. and you can really find a lot of great, interesting shots. And even though if the quality isn't as great as like a DSLR camera, right? I, some of my favorite photos were taken on my phone back, you know, six, seven, eight years ago, which right. the quality wasn't as good, but at least the shot composition was was awesome, right? But when you left the band, that's when you're, you know, out of high school. Yeah. Is that when you started getting into that general construction? Um, no. Uh, so, I mean, it all, it really, there's a lot of overlap. Yeah. Um, except with music and photography. Mm-hmm. But with music, I continued to kind of be in bands or just like, write music by myself, almost very like postal service style, whatever mm. I could do on like garage band on my computer and sometimes Oh my god, I forgot about record guitar and stuff. Yeah. So um Remember M T V generator or whatever the fuck it was called? What what is it? I mean, it was like M T V generator or something. It was for like the PS two or whatever and you can make music on it. Oh no, I don't I don't <sighs> remember that, but I, I remember making music on Mario Paint on really? Super Nintendo. Oh yeah. Because that was one of the few things that it basically it's just like MIDI file. And then I had a uh, a program on the computer called Tabit, okay, which is a super deep cut. Yeah, everyone in my life knew what it generator. was at the time. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I just didn't happen to have that. But yeah, yeah. it's basically it just it, you can make music via yeah. all the MIDI yeah, on yeah, your computer. Yeah. But so I was in a couple bands, and then um, uh, one of my a couple of my roommates worked for like the, kind of this contracting company. Okay, uh, and I was waiting tables. And I was getting sick of waiting tables, and I wanted to quit. And yeah. I kind of just did quit without another job lined up. But I wanted to kind of work with them. I thought that would be cool. Okay. Because I did make stuff. I was always like into Legos and connects and right. making things. I just didn't have the skills for it yet. So a lot, I mean, a lot of my, my construction uh, dealt with like duct tape. Uh, <laughs> I was I was very amateur, but I, at least I could at least visualize what I want to make and then try my best to make it. But eventually, there was an opening at their small company of like four people, and um, I got the job there. And then I worked at that job for like eight years. And while I was working at that job, um, music kind of was like fading out. That was, was just, the back burner where yeah, adulthood was yeah, coming in. Yeah, right. And it was just difficult. And I just couldn't find people to be in a band with. Um, right. I was just struggling to do... Again, I also did... I had Craigslist ads where I was just looking to be in a band. Play this kind of music. I'm right. looking for, you know, a bass player, a drummer, mm-hmm. whatever, a keyboardist. Let's, you know, I'm open to different styles of music and it was really hard to do. But, and then eventually that kind of... Didn't work out, and uh, then I was then I stopped working there doing construction because I really needed to focus on college. And I was at a place where my wife Leanne, she uh, finished college and she started working, and I was like, "Great, you're making good money. I'm gonna stop working, and then I can give 
full time to college so I can get through it quicker. Right. And that's when like definitely music was no longer a thing. Yeah. Uh, the cover band I was in was actually the last band that I was in. And two of the guys that were in that cover band were also in an original band mm-hmm. called Audio Strobe Light. And they were great. And they've been a band, they've been around for a, a while. Um, they're an excellent band and they played lots of shows, which got in the way of us also getting shows. Gotcha. Uh, our cover band was called Insta Party. Okay. Good name. And uh, thank you. And um, so we weren't playing as much as we could have. I mean, we learned, I think, like 45 cover songs. There was one. So many sets. <laughs> there was one time, yeah, there was one time we played all the songs that we knew. Oh my God. And that God. was three sets. It was basically like we played for. I think 30 to 45 minutes, intermission, another 30 to 45, 45 minutes, minutes. Yep. intermission, another, and it was like every song we knew. And then people afterwards would come up and be like, I've never heard a band perform such a wide variety of songs. It was right. almost like, I mean, in a good way, but it was like whiplash. It was just insane. Like Where it went from? Absolutely. 90s to 2000s? Absolutely. I mean, we were playing Kanye West. We were playing Violent Femmes. Like, it was all over the place, man. We were playing Kesha. We were playing Bon Jovi. It was the ADD of music. Absolutely. 100%. But it was all the best songs from everybody that's ever been. Right. That's all it was. And it was just really fun, high-energy music, which was in the title, Instant Party. The the original title was Instant Party. Mm. And then I was like, did you say Instant Party or Insta Party? (laughs) They were like, Insta Party sounds better. Insta Party's better. I said that. (laughs) Insta Party. That's fine. So... We were uh, so we were uh, playing. So then we kind of like stopped being a band because we're like practicing a lot uh, too much for how little we were really playing shows and stuff. And mm-hmm. then it would be like, hey, we got a show lined up. Do you guys want to get together and we'll, you know, maybe we'll re- rehearse once or twice, right. put a quick set together, and we'll play. We're like, cool. And we did that a couple times for funsies over mm-hmm. the, like the following months. And then uh, one of the the drummer. Um, was having a, a party at his house, and him and his brother are huge Blink-182 fans. Yeah. As am I. Okay. My electric guitar is a Tom DeLong Stratocaster. Oh, wow. Uh, it's still the only guitar I own now. I used to own many. Now oh, I just wow. own that one. And um, so we pl- so we played with Instaparty, but we also were like, well, what if we just like learned some like Blink songs? So the three of us learned some Blink songs. Mm-hmm. It was... So much fun. It was the most fun ever. Yeah. And I didn't have to practice much because I already knew all their songs. Right. So that taught me. I was like, you know what? With Instaparty, like I have to learn all of these songs Mm. and it's like kind of fun to play. Right. And then with this Blink-182 cover band, it wasn't even really a band. It was just three of us getting just together and playing out. the song. I was like, I didn't. I put in so little work, and it was a thousand times more fun. Right. So the next time around, they were. It was like, hey, there's a show. You guys. Now I was one of two guitar players. Okay. In the band, and I just did like backing vocals, uh, and so it was in the group chat, and they're like, hey, do you guys uh, want to you know play this show? And I was like, I'm gonna sit this one out. But, you know, that, I mean, I'm just one guitar player. Right. Either A, you don't need me, or B, get another guitar player. Right. They're a diamond. Craigslist it. But they were all, like, bummed out. I don't think they played the show. And I think Instaparty just stopped And that was the end? I, yeah. Wow. I, don't, I, was I don't think I would have said no thanks if I didn't think that it just it would have meant nothing that I wow. wasn't playing. So uh, we kind of, like, fizzled out. Mm-hmm. Um, I had another band, really quick side story. Uh, it was called Fire in the Belly. Uh, completely different style music. Mm. Uh, I only played like acoustic guitar in that one, and mm. um, 
it was uh, it was more like a like a folk rock okay with a twist of punk because we were all like punk rock kids mm-hmm. and we were so chill about this band the guys would come over and we'd like practice and they'd be like all right smoke break because they all smoked I didn't mm-hmm. we we're like all right cool and so we'd all sit around and they'd be smoking on the porch and I'd just be hanging out playing guitar. On the porch with them, not like right. inside the garage still. And we would just, we ended up just hanging out too much and didn't really, we were like better friends than we were band members. And then one time they came over to practice and we just hung out the whole time and didn't play. Oh my so God. The, the band, we were so lax. We were so yeah. chill that the band just accidentally Became stopped existing. <laughs> just friends. We were just like, oh yeah, yeah, remember when we used to get together and play music? Play music? Now we just get together and hang out. Oh, now we, we just play D&D together. But anyway, so that was the last <laughs> band that I was in. And it was probably around that time that I happened to pick up photography. Uh, I was always interested in it. And I was like, I'm going to buy a camera and I'm just going to start. And it was it was great because I could do it by myself. I didn't have to depend on, you know, several other members of a band to just yeah. do something creative. So that's also music and photography almost didn't interlap at all. In right. Life. And then it was right. just photography. Right. It became like my new uh, thing in college. And then... And then even though I didn't work doing the, the maintenance uh, general contracting anymore, you know, obviously mm-hmm. at that, by that time, I think we had bought this house. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I was always keeping up with it, doing things and building things. And we needed, you know, a table, we need a coffee table, we need this moved, blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, and so that's always an ongoing skill, which uh, ended up becoming... How much, man, we have so much of my life to go through. <laughs> I can't believe we're only doing music and photography, which are things that I have not done in many, many years. years. Many oh years. We still have my 30s to talk about. We still have teaching. We still have fatherhood. We still have a woodworking as an Etsy business owner. Well, yeah, we are going to get into Etsy because we're going to plug into that stuff. But this is the kind of brilliance of the show is like, Multiple people get to come multiple times, yeah. and the subject gets to always change. Sure. Um, we are going to take a quick little second. You're not even going to notice that we're taking a break because I got to clean out these glasses so I can uh, get this next drink of choice. Yeah. So hold on. Okay, we're back. How you doing? See, you didn't even know. You didn't even no. know we took a break. I know for like several days. Several days. I it took so long to come back. By the way, before you grew we grew a beard, I know, <laughs> and you got taller. Yeah, we're like. Full grown it's now. Different now. I have a new hobby that we haven't even talked about yet. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, if I ever start a band, you have to be a member of it. Um, it's going to be named uh, Andrew Garfield's Lasagna. Oh, great. <laughs> what a name, right? <laughs> okay, so part two of the drink of choice we have Dragon's Milk, a bourbon barreled aged stout. It's from New Holland Brewing. I love this. By the yeah. way, have you ever had it? Have you no, ever had it? No. Okay. So it's a it's a it's a deep one. It's pure black. Yeah. It's pure black. It's, I got it because it was so different from everything else I had picked out. It's the color Brook Soul, uh, but very. Oh man, it smells bourbon. Like they have so many different. That was now yeah right. So it says Dragon's Milk Bourbon yes. Barreled Aged Stout, and yes. the, I know I love myself some bourbon. Eleven percent ABV. More bourbon than beer. So yeah, and yes. but it's it's a yep. Here we go. Try it out. It smells bourbon. Oh, it's dark. Wow. Ah. 
I like it a lot more than I thought I would, or right. I feared that I might be like, whoa. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, I love this one. This is really good. Yeah. But if you remember when I did my December advent calendar, yeah, my last one was a uh, dragon's milk white. It's six percent, and it's like a vanilla, like it has a. Um, a gold look instead of dark. Oh, interesting. Okay. Dude, it is. That sounds, you would love it. That sounds better. Something that yeah. is strong and not a little strong. bit of vanilla in there. Yeah. But this is really good. It, it is. It It is. It does feel like a mix between. Now, I love to just drink a glass of Jack Daniels oh, or yeah. Jim Beam. Straight just, up. Yep. Yeah. And so this reminds me of that. And it's got a little bit of a, a, a beerness to it. I think the difference between those, and this isn't a knock on this, it's just a beer in general, is like you don't want too many of them because it's going to make you feel bloated right, and stuff sure. like that, where like a Jack and stuff. Right. Like you could have a couple of those and you're fine, but this is definitely a dangerous drink because you want more of. Right. Yeah, this is this is really good. I yeah. do like this a lot, and I'm glad that we have it in a glass. I feel like drinking out of like a beer bottle <laughs> would throw me off because, it, I mean, I wouldn't... Ever Don't drink. even get me started because when Brooke's all like, I'll drink it out of a can or bottle, get out of here, you homeless woman. <laughs> Who are you? She keeps it in a brown paper bag. Jesus, why don't you just go back to the trailer park you came from? Because, woof. No. <laughs> she doesn't oh, listen to these. She won't know. So, yeah. um, she might listen to mine. I wonder if she maybe, will. Maybe. She, you know what? I love hey, her. Hey, Boo, to send me a text if you listen to this. <laughs> I'm not even going to tell her you gave her a shout no, out. No, please don't. Okay, so... Because I want to know. I want to know the actual it's, facts. And it's buried deep in here. You can't just listen to the first 10 minutes. You got to get into like 45 minutes yeah. of this bad boy. So, okay. Like we've said, you're a jack of all trades. Yeah. And like we've talked about photography. We've talked about band. Yep. We've skimmed a little bit of the woodwork because really it will, by the end of this... I want you to be able to plug the Etsy Make it and a stuff. comeback. As much as you don't want me to because you're like so much business. Right. But right. <laughs> at the end, you still have to plug. But sure, sure. you did go to college, like you said. Yeah. Yep. And you went to go be a teacher. Yeah. Oh, interesting fact yeah. about going to college and becoming a teacher. Mm -hmm. I dropped out of high school. That's the best part of this In the story. middle of 10th grade. This is another thing that like was a big... Yeah. Part of my identity around, obviously, if you drop out of high school, it's like, it's, it's almost like if you got pregnant in high school, yeah. like it's that sort of a stigma. I felt like it was such a big part of my identity. Like that's how people looked at you. I had a, I had yeah. a friend that wanted, so I was in like a little three piece band, my first real band, mm -hmm. uh, back in high school. And my friend wanted us to call it two punks and a dropout. <laughs> Not a bad but, title. So I went to high school Whoa. for a year and a half. It was halfway through 10th grade. Mm -hmm. um, that's when I dropped out. Right. And didn't really go back. We had tried like a homeschool type thing. Just like, well, maybe it's... When I say we, I mean, you know, my parents and I. Right, obviously. Maybe it's just like a, you know, a structuring thing and just being in school in person. And uh, then I found after like six months into homeschool and not getting a lot done because I was home by myself all day by right. myself. I'm going to play my N64. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, and I'm a world-class procrastinator. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I found out I was finally diagnosed with ADD. 
Right. And I was like, wow, this would have been great to know back when I was in school. And because once I started taking Adderall, um, it was just like, oh, that my brain can function now. Right. <laughs> on I things can, like this. But anyway, it. so do you do you feel like back in school, if you were on Adderall, like you would have handled school better? I to uh, to the point of not dropping out. I mean, uh, that's a great. Question. I'm not asking like no, A's, I know. B's, and no, all I that. Know, I but know, do I you know. think that could have? It's so hard to say. I want to kind of say yes. I okay. did. I do remember thinking like being regretful that I dropped out of like the like what would have been my 11th grade. I'm like, oh, I regret dropping out. What right. But I always think like no, because if I would have stayed, I would have just dropped out again. Right. Like nothing would have been different. I couldn't. Yeah. I I could not stand another day going there anymore. Right. Man, this is a whole other story that I'm gonna. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if we yeah. want to get into it, uh, we can make this a two-parter. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But that's perfect. So, fun. all right. So, what high school was is the reason I dropped out, mm-hmm. and this is the reason why I hated it, and there was a stigma, is because it seemed like I was just like, oh, screw school, I don't want to do that anymore. Right. I'm too good for it anyway. It wasn't that. It was that I wanted to be good. At I was ADD, and I didn't know it. I would. I would struggle through my classes because I wouldn't really pay attention. Mm-hmm. I would daydream all day long. Yeah. I would just daydream about stuff, which is where my imagination stems from. Right. I can't knock that too much because nah. that's where my imagination comes from now. So, But I was just daydreaming a lot. And um, so I, I just didn't get good grades. Now, at the time, this was back in, when I was in high school. Yeah. Back in the early 2000s. I, you know, 19... 98, I was in uh, eighth grade, you know, beyond. So uh, 50% of your grade was homework. Okay. Homework was 50% of your grade. Yeah. That was why I failed most of my classes because Mm. I came home and I had no ability to focus or even remember. And then to the point where like every school year, me and my mom would sit together at the dining room table and she'd be like, okay, this year's going to be different. We're going to keep you on task. And I'm like, great. I'm all for it. I want to get good grades. Yeah. I'm like, great, I'm going to get my books, I'm going to bring my home, all my homework home, great. Go to school, do everything I need to do, bell rings, I'm like, God, what's up, Zach? You know, what are you doing? And then I would walk home from school, because I lived right. close to the school, so I wouldn't take the bus. So I'm like, oh, you know, all right, let's, are you ready to go? All right, let's go, we'll walk, and we'll go to my house, and we'll play guitar, cool. And then I would get home and be like, I forgot all of my homework. And Ooh. books that I need in my locker. So sorry. I forgot it all. Again, right, right. I would do that every day. I just right. could not. I was so living in the moment, like a golden retriever. Right. Uh, I could never remember. And as hard as I tried, I just couldn't focus and remember to do what I needed to do. Right. Um, right. And I, so I had the drive to do it. And then, so it was like, it was 10th grade. So ninth grade, it was literally like. I, I got like D's, D's and every, I just got enough to like pass Yeah. onto the, and I failed English every year. That was always an E. I went to summer school for English and then I went on to the next grade. This was like all of my middle school wow. and what was part of my, all of my high school technically, which was only a year and a half. Right. Uh, but, uh, so my 10th grade, which is the last year that I was in high school. Now my teachers really liked me. I mean, I, I was this person. I was. Yeah. I did participate. You're a great in, person. I did participate in class. Right. I did. I mean, granted, I wasn't doing great. I didn't have great test scores because I wasn't really paying attention. But right. you know, I. I but so, you were finger gunning so everybody. Was, no, that was the problem. Yes. <laughs> but that was the problem because a lot right. of my teachers would like take me to the side and be like, "Hey, listen, you know, I want to get you caught up. You know, if you want to stay after school." And at this point, the only thing school had taught me was that I was dumb. 
In my mind, I didn't know, oh, I couldn't focus and I was forgetful. I just thought it was stupid. I saw my same idiot friends get A's and B's. I'm like, I don't right. know how they can be just as dumb as me. We <laughs> go do off and do this. stupid stuff. Like, where are they finding the time to be secretly getting everything done? And I'm like, oh, I might. Ju- I guess I'm just stupid. I right. think I'm just a failure. Right. And it broke my heart. Like, because my teachers would be like, you know, I want to help. And I, I kind of remember these conversations so well because in my mind, I was thinking, they don't know. No. They don't know that I'm dumb and I will just fail anyway. Like, right. they just don't. I don't. I'm going to disappoint them. Mm. And mm-hmm. those teachers, I started avoiding and I started cutting those Very classes. classes. And this was what this was the because first, they were looking after and you. And this was yeah, well yeah, yeah, because and it was kind of making me feel guilty. Like right. the guilt that I felt. Yeah. When the teacher at the beginning of class would collect all the homework and I had to say, I don't have mine, yeah. I felt like death every single day. And that happened every day. Every day. Every day it happened. And right. it, I hated it. It was the worst feeling ever. And so this was the first year block scheduling was a thing. My ninth grade, we had seven bells. Tenth grade, we did the block scheduling. We have A days and B days. Right. So then it came, then it ended up being like, I just started skipping my A days. Yep. To avoid my A-Day teachers. Yep. My B-Days were, I mean, it was like gym and maybe some electives and it wasn't so bad. Right. Uh, but even then, like my study block teacher that I talked about before, he was also my German teacher on A-Days. Oh. So he put together, he's like, why are you only coming to school on B-Days? Right, right. And I was like, Jim, oh, baby, can't miss dodgeball. They're on to me. <laughs> so now on the, on, you know, what's going on at home, my mom was like a single mom. Yeah. She would go to... Uh, work before I even needed to leave for school. Okay. So she would make me go to school. And again, I walked to school. So I would literally walk to the other side of the block, wait 10 minutes or so for her to leave the house for work. And I would come right back home. Yeah. And my mom, I mean, my parents were never great disciplinarians anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, we we're kind of like, we we're kind of like latchkey kids. Yeah. They loved yeah. us to death and they let us know that they loved us. They mm-hmm. were never abusive or anything like that. Just not great disciplinarians. So, my mom, she would wake me up every day for school, and then after a while, when she knew I was cutting class, and she just didn't have the motherly ability and energy to just fight me on it, because she knew that I was more stubborn, uh, she just started going, are you going to school today? Mm. And I'm like, it's like 6 a.m. as mm-hmm. a teenager yeah. in bed. I have the option? No. And then after a little while of that, she just stopped waking me up. And without even realizing, I was like, I think I just dropped out. Oh, and I just wow. stopped showing up because yeah. of that. And yeah, that's yeah, yeah. kind of how it happened. And um, But anyway, so, that now, so then... <laughs> <laughs> Where do we go So how there? do I become a teacher? Yeah, exactly. I hate school So, so this much. guy who hates teaching, what'd you do? That was, so while I was waiting tables, um, I was waiting tables in my 20s, mm-hmm. early 20s. And I remember staying, I remember, because there was a high turnover rate with, uh, with waiters, just constantly, uh, every couple of weeks, just a new uh, Rotation. group of, yeah, new yeah. group of uh, hirees. So right. um, I remember one day, like after my shift, it was like a slow mid, you know, afternoon during the week. And it was, so we had um, so, like a new group of, of waiters come in and they were being trained. Uh, the managers kind of like walk them through the menu. They get to taste a lot of things because how can they sell stuff if they don't even know what it they tastes like? Right. So they let them try everything. And it's kind of like a What fun... would you get? Right, yes. So... That's what you're <laughs> right, exactly. prepping. And so they can know what their favorite food is at the restaurant or how things taste, whatever. Right. So, I, But what you have to do before you start waiting tables after you've kind of been trained is you have to like pass a test like on the menu. Okay. Um, 
And so one day after my shift ended, I was talking to a group of new waiters and waitresses or whatever. And I was telling them like, here's how you remember like the kids menu. It's really like three chicken dishes, two, you know, and I was giving them all these kind of, um, Tricks. Uh, yeah, mnemonic devices to like remember some of the menu and stuff and uh, teaching them different ways and think. Then there's like, mm. here's everything you have to know. Like you have to pass the test. Right. Here's everything you need to know as a waiter that they don't tell you. It's like that mm. sort of stuff. Uh, here are little tips and tricks that, that you don't get taught but are good to know. You don't want to learn the hard way. Um, and w- one of my fellow waiters turned to me and he said, you would make a great teacher. <laughs> and like a movie you went you know my what? life <laughs> dude my life I paused and it was like shh, and all of these things in my life came flashing before my eyes like in right. this montage of like every time I went out of my way to teach someone something yeah and I realized I was like yeah I love teaching people everything that yeah. I've done I would rather teach music than play music. I would rather teach photography than do photography. Wow. I would rather teach woodworking than do woodworking. Right. Everything that I do, if I'm making scrambled eggs, the narrative in my head is I'm pretending to teach someone how to scrambled eggs. Wow. And that's not something I realized until somebody told it to me point blank, which is hysterical because I was like, it was so obvious all along. Like this is always like, who I was as a person. And then from that moment on, I was like, oh, there's no doubt about it. Cause I was getting started in getting myself into college. I knew I wanted to go to college. I got my GED at that point. Um, I went to the adult learning center and got my GED. And I was like, well, I know I want to do something. And cause I was dating my wife at the time. So I was like, all right, well, if I want to have a family, I got to have a, a job. Right. And so I didn't know what I wanted to be. I was like, do I want to be an architect or whatever? Mm. And I wasn't sure. And, uh, and that was, so once I realized I was a teacher, not even wanted to become one, I was like, oh, that's just who I am. Yeah. I remember, here's a great story. I remember being like 10 years old. I don't know how old I was, but I'll tell you this. Is, I got the, <laughs> I got the Home Alone 2 uh, talk The boy, talk back. Okay? Right. Yes. So I got that. That's what year it was. Okay. 1991 <laughs> Sure. Okay, yeah. great. I'm into so, it. And I remember for Christmas, I got that. And I got a pair of rollerblades. Mm-hmm. And I remember Christmas morning, I just rollerbladed <laughs> up and down the street. Yeah. And I remember what I fantasized about. This is so weird <laughs> and so telling of who I am. I fantasized about a car pulling up being like, you're really good at rollerblading. Would you teach my kid how to rollerblade? Right. That was what I fantasized about. <laughs> me to teach them how to rollerblade is that i should be a teacher it's not too and you know i don't think she would mind like brooke who you know she taught her brother in summer Mm. like she just taught him in her mind i think it's the same kind of get i'm a teacher right right so kind of the same bit yeah absolutely yeah it's like some bit like my wife was always destined to be a mother in some capacity. I mean, she became an elementary school yes. teacher. It's just she she was more of like the motherly aspect of a teacher's role. Do you think her role well, I guess I could say that for her, but like, excuse me, Lexi. That's what I call her. Disrespectful. Lexi. Talk about her without her listening. Yeah. But like, do you think that's where that goal was? Where it was like she was a teacher, became a mother. And then was like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. Oh, well, 
Oh well, yeah, a little, a little bit. Just your opinion, real quick. Just your uh, my opinion. opinion. She's lazy. <laughs> uh, oh man, can I hear her now? Justin, we, we, but we, she and I talked about this all the time, and she uh, will one hundred percent agree. Okay. Her work ethic, yeah. zero. Okay, okay, zero. fair enough. And I was so, trying to make it deeper. Right, no, where your entire life has now, gone. Now, but that did <laughs> that did play a role because she yeah. did feel guilt. Like, why am I putting so much of my work and energy to into other, other people's, people's kids, kids, and then I come home and have no patience or energy for my own kid? Fair enough. That was probably the thing that really okay. made her make that decision. Okay. Uh, but being a teacher, I mean, every year it takes since out, the nineties, yeah. it's just, it's getting worse and worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that wasn't, that wasn't, yeah, she, she has no ambition as far as like, uh, I'll, like, I'll save I, it for her when she comes on. You should. And you we, have, we'll and save you it have for your her. bocker. <laughs> oh, we're going, I don't know if we're going to be able to tag them because they don't have social media. I don't know if you it's can tag weird. Aldi. <laughs> I don't know if the beer she drinks is made in a bathtub right. somewhere, right. but we'll get there. But, but anyway. back to you real quick, though, right. is like you do go back to school. You yeah. get that GED. You go to college. Yeah, I went to yeah, yeah. I, And this is where I started to know you is because you were in college fi- finishing up. Yeah, you're and, right. Yep. And then yep. you become a teacher. Yeah. And like, and what made me like really proud of you, even though we were just new in our relationship, is like... You specifically were like, I don't want to teach the people that can be taught. I want to teach the people that have a hard time like me. Right. Yes. And so, that's what your entire goal so was. What, so, all right. So, what's interesting or I don't want to say interesting, but unique about my teaching career thus far is, um, so if you live in Virginia Beach uh, or nearby, those that are listening, uh, you might be aware, but... Um, I, so when I did my student teaching, when I was in college, so basically you have to, as a student, you go to a school and you like basically shadow a teacher and then you also play the teacher role with their actual teacher, like shadowing you kind of. Right. So you just basically practice. So uh, when you're in I was at ODU and you have to, you just pick three high schools that you would want to get picked at. They, okay. they can't ensure that you're going to get where you want to go, but pick three and they'll try their best. So I was like, all right, I'll pick Tallwood because that was the school that I went to. That would be kind of a trip. Uh, I'll pick Salem because I lived very close by to that school at the time. So I was like, cool, it'll be like a two-minute commute. And then I saw this school, Renaissance Academy. And I was like, well, what's Renaissance Academy? I've never heard of that. Hmm. I looked it up online and it says it's a charter school. I was like, what's a charter school? Mm -hmm. I was like, well, only one way to find out. And I added it to my list. Okay. And um, I'm like, we'll see. I don't know. And I I got placed at that school. Mm -hmm. Now, what Renaissance Academy is, is... Students that get expelled from their high schools, mm-hmm. we refer to them as their home schools. So they're not homeschooled, but their home schools, when they get expelled for fighting drugs, that's 90% of it, uh, they get expelled, but the city goes, well, we don't want to, just because they messed up, we don't want to deny them an education. Right. And then they have to like repeat that school year. So their fix for it was like, we're going to send, we're going to send them to Renaissance Academy where they can get the same classes they were taking, but it's way more structured. It's way more strict. Uh, there's It's airport security coming into the building yeah. for all students. They all go through a metal detector. They all get bag checked. I did bag check for a couple years while I was there. All teachers are randomly assigned to it. 
um, and they have everything go through and they have to wear uniforms and you know the, the worse their behavior is the longer they stay the better the behavior is the quicker they can go back to their home school gotcha. so that's the idea it's like you get expelled but you can maintain all your classes right keep up you know and then that way when you return to your home school you're kind of in the same place and it's you're not to make you a quote-unquote better student yes now um so basically now, these weren't like A honor roll students that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that were getting expelled yeah. from school. So no, it's usually no. students that did not care no. or they were like me and just the school was just wasn't for them. They just they, they found it boring. They right. just whatever. They didn't care to do it. So I really identified with these group of students. Now, also, the school, the class sizes were much smaller. So rather than like 30 kids per class, there was I think our classes capped at like 12. Most of my classes were less than 10 for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I had classes that only had like two or three kids in it. A uh, couple years, uh, the very first day of school, I had zero students show up. Wow. Like zero, zero attendance. Wow. <laughs> uh, out. Yeah, exactly. So it was like that sort of school. It was yeah. a lot of your students. So it was a very, very challenging for a number of reasons. Oh, uh, one is because the students did not care and your job was to care for them, get them to care. And that was very challenging. Even though I really identified with the students and I really cared about them, and it's good to be there. <clears throat> My main role personally was they probably don't have a positive role model, adult role model in their life. Yeah. Um, and if I can just be that for them, then that's good. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these kids are either their parents are either not there or um, their parents are far more immature than right. they are. Like I right. met a lot of parents, the the students were like way better, <laughs> right. right? Way more mature. And I'm like, I see where you get it from. You have to deal with your crazy mom. Yeah. Now I get like where this is. Yeah, and from. it's really right. it really starts at home. Like from what I saw, it really starts at home. Unfortunately, right. Right. Um, so uh, so yeah, so I ended up working there for five years, right? Um, working with those kids, which had was as rewarding as it was challenging. I imagine for all sorts of reasons. Yeah, I mean, I could talk about it forever, um, and eventually we shall, and we shall. Um, I will say, like, you have. I feel like you have a lot of like searching within yourself about it and with how things are because of you know the pandemic and right, shit. Right. So there's a lot on the table. But during that time you have kind of stepped away and developed a business. Yeah. During this, which is kind of crazy because it reminded me at the beginning I was like, okay, he's finding an avenue to be creative. Right. And it's kind of expanded into a point Weirdly and funnily, like it is a business. Yeah, it is straight up. It is you made a business yeah, for yourself. It is me and another person's uh, sole income. Sole income. Yeah, and for something, and not what you do because what you guys make is fucking phenomenal. Oh, thanks. But what's funny about it is like you both used it as a side gig, and yeah. now it's the it became gig. the main gig. It is it's the, the gig. gig. Yes. So all right. So my transition out of like teaching was I. So the school that I was where I was working. Mm -hmm. uh, because we're going to get we'll, into it and into a part right. two. Well, we'll just say uh, that our priorities, me and the school system itself, 
our priorities were not and values weren't necessarily but aligned. Yeah, so I just I felt like I wasn't really doing able to do what I really wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, at the school, and so I wanted to leave the school. Yeah. And which I did. Yeah. Uh, without another job lined up quite yet, but I was like, all right, me and my wife, we put some money away, and um, we can uh, we can risk me not finding a job right away. Right. I did end up the next year uh, working part time at a Montessori school. Yeah. Uh, which was great. It was going to be a one-year gig, uh, and I knew that that was going to be the case. It was for a couple eighth graders, and in the middle of that year, the funniest thing happened. <laughs> the middle of that year was 2020. Yes. Uh, so and then the, so we finished up the school year virtually, mm-hmm. and then rather than pursuing maybe another job in another school yeah. mid-pandemic, right. I was just like, I'm just going to keep... So, <clears throat> rewinding a little bit, when I was ready to leave the school, uh, I was I was working. Um, me and my buddy Will, he had now he had this little garage shop thing um, that he used to have a band and they used to practice in, and he had a bunch of music equipment and recording equipment. But he wasn't in a band anymore; he wasn't really using the space. And he and I were just talking about like, what if we just like made? Cause we were he also I were also, you ever in a band with him yes okay there it is yes. see full circle baby he's, he's always been around okay right. so will has uh he was in he was a friend of mine in mm-hmm. high school mm-hmm. we were in bands separate bands that played a lot of shows together mm-hmm. then my band broke up and their band lost a guitar player i became the new guitar player so i was so we were in a band together at that point he was a drummer i was a guitar player uh then that band ended. We ended up becoming roommates at one point. Um, and then we, we had that other band that was too lazy to keep going. Fire in the Belly. He was also the drummer in that band. Fire in the Belly, my ass. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we used to play bars. And we used to just drink whiskey while we were playing. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, um, so that band kind of stopped. And then, but we stayed roommates. And we also, I, the general contracting job that I did... That was with Will. He was working there, so I also worked with him. I feel like I'm watching an episode of Lost where, like, now I'm just getting that fucking connection recap. Just the other day, I was saying, I'm like, I I can't get you out of my life. He was was a friend. He was a band member. He was a roommate. Then he was a co-worker. uh, And then he, so then we were talking, we we hung out every once in a while, and we were talking about, like, wouldn't it be cool to do that kind of do woodworking stuff? Yeah. And he was like, well, I have the shop. It's not doing anything. Yep. And uh, we would just have to, you know, buy some tools and get out all the music yep. equipment. So what we did was I helped him sell almost all of the music equipment yeah. on eBay. Oh, nice. Just, ever, you know, PAs, mixers, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> guitars and stuff. So I, And then he took all that money and he bought tools with it. Table saw, mm-hmm. uh, standards, you know, stuff that we would need for woodworking. Because the idea was, let's just, ma- rather than like make music... Let's just make furniture. Right. And or whatever we feel like making. Again, it's just a medium for us to be creative. Creative. And uh, and then, then maybe we could just, you know, and then we can sell it. Cool. We make something interesting, somebody buys it, and then it kind of like funds the next project. Right. Cool. And so we, it was just doing that. And then um, <clears throat> as the pandemic started and I was at the Montessori school working virtually, we were kind of, that's when we started like coming up with ideas of things we can like list and sell on Etsy. So right. we can't make a table and, and ship it. Yeah. Uh, Cause yeah, it'd be yeah. way too expensive. But we're like, well, what if we made like smaller things, blah, blah, blah. 
And so we we did do that, and you know we got some sales. And we're like, cool. If this just like gives us enough sales to kind of like keep paying the bills and whatever, and then like over the summer we sold some more, and then a couple months later we were like, oh, maybe we could pay rent for the shop with this. Right. And then it was just kind of like self sufficient. And at the time, uh, once I was done working at the school, I w- I was also doing like handyman work for people that I knew. Right. A lot of people at the school, like so the people at the Mount Missouri School I was working at. Uh, the the head of the school, the owner who runs it, she had a bunch of work at her house that I was doing. There was other teachers there that were like, I need this done. So I was making money. I was doing work at the school itself. Yeah. Uh, they kept me like, hey, we need this done. We need this done. We need this. Can you hang up these shelves? Blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> so I was making money on the side at this time. And um, <clears throat> and then the Etsy sales just started going. As we, It would be slow and we'd be like, what else can we sell? What else can we make? How about right. this? How about right. that? And so we would just, you know, we'd, we'd post something, some things wouldn't sell at all, and something, now then some, we started making these little entryway organizers, which is basically a shelf with some hooks on it that you put in your little entryway, and you put your keys on it, your wallet, your sunglasses, whatever. Yeah. We started selling those, and those started flying off the shelves. So that, and then I got so busy that I remember having to tell uh, the Montessori school I was only working as like a maintenance person and I'm like I don't think I could do any more work I mean I, built them right. up. I think the last thing I did with for them was like build like a pergola or something I can't do bonus things I will do the necessaries right yeah right so I was like I, I'm like this, we're approaching the holidays right and it was like super busy I was like I can't do this anymore I think this right. is, I, I gave them my key to the school I was like this might be the last time that I'm here because because wow. because Business is so good on yeah. Etsy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, and then, you know, then we got slammed. Now, at this time, Will was still working for the company that I worked at doing general contracting. Gotcha. It was just him and our boss at this point. It was just them two. Right. Um, and only, and so then the beginning of this year, it takes us into the beginning of, not this year, I guess last year, 2021, uh, it became... The only thing I was it doing. It became the business. Right. and But he was still working. So I would go there during to the shop during the day, do work. He would work his regular job. Yeah. And then in the evenings, he's also very, a workaholic. In the evenings, he would show up, usually after I left, and he would work for another like six hours uh, right. through the evening. Right. And it would do that way for a while. Then we kept doing better and better business. And then his boss finally closed the doors to their business, which was a long time coming. It wasn't a surprise because mm-hmm. he was getting old. And you worked for him. Yeah, too. absolutely. Yeah. Yes, we were all really close. Contractor. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we knew that his shop was coming to a close. And uh, so so now this is also Will's only source of income as well. And so, right. um, yeah, so this is officially for the taxes for the 2021 tax year. Uh, it was my only source of income. The whole year. Yeah. And that's all that's going to be in my taxes. And that's probably all that's going to be in my taxes next year. I do eventually want to get back into education again. Yeah. I'm not in this current state. I'm not in a rush to get back into it. Yeah. Um, although it is really rough to be like to put the thing that is so me on the inside. Like you have to put on it on the, the side. Burner. Yeah. Like it's not something I'm done with. I can't be right. done with it. Like I, I look at. I'm scrolling through TikTok and I see a teacher TikTok. 
Yeah. Just their class. I got to skip it. Like it, it, I, my heart can't handle seeing anybody doing what I know I should be doing right. that I'm not doing. Right. Uh, it's really rough. And it's, it's like, it's just my own little silent suffering that I do each yeah. day. <laughs> because other it. than that, life is good. I'm self-employed. I'm, I'm cool. Yeah. What I do is it's a lot of sanding and it's a pain in the butt. It's a lot, you know, it's, it's, it's work. It's it's, it's work. work. It's not just fun. Cool. Yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> you know, I get to, I'm, I don't have a boss. If I need to take off a day, it doesn't right. matter. I'm like, cool. I, I have whatever orders we have. Yeah. I have to get those done. So it's not like I can just be like, I'm going to take a week off. That doesn't really work. No. Um, you're, but, you're a real self-employed person. Yeah. And it, and it kind of happened by accident. Like, not by accident, but it was just supposed to be a hobby on the side. I think. And then we just ended up. With a lot of your life, you are a happenstance guy. Mm-hmm. Everything that lands in your lap, lands in your lap. Yeah. And when you take that, you run with it. Yeah. That's kind of, I've been a really like, since, so my my passion and dreams were being a teacher and those were like crushed. Yeah. They were destroyed. Yeah. Which was heartbreaking because I learned I couldn't be the teacher that I wanted to be because the school system is not set up for that. Right. Whole other conversation. Yeah. Uh, but, uh. <laughs> So it was kind of crushing that I was like, I never, I, when I, before I started teaching, I was like, this is going to go one or two ways. This is going to go amazing. It's going to go epic. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be incredible. Changing lives or, like Morgan Freeman. I'm going to be so rebellious. <laughs> I'm going to get fired. Because I know I'm a very outside of the box type person. I do things right. in a weird way. Yeah. And I'm like, they're either going to love that or they're going to hate it. I have no idea. It's going to be one of those two things. Little did I know, and this is the funny little thing about life. I never in a million years thought that I would voluntarily leave the profession. That's mm-hmm. insane to me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely insane that I, uh, to ever think that I would do that. Right. Um, but you're waiting for the moment. Yeah. I, and while I'm, you know, I'll, I'll get back to it. It's kind of like, um, so anyway, so I, once my dreams were crushed, I was like, great. Um, it's a good thing because it's mm-hmm. very freeing. Yeah. Because when yeah, you have dreams, you, you, cha- you chase them. You chase yeah. after them. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm free to do whatever. So mm-hmm. now I am very... I became very go with the flow. Mm-hmm. The chess, the the Montessori school thing fell in my lap. I was yep. like, "All right, I'll try it." I wasn't interested in doing it, but I was like, "I'll try it. I'll go with the flow." If something presents itself to me. Same thing with the general contracting, doing like the handyman work. If somebody asked me to do some work, I just say yes to it. it. Became like a yes man. Yeah. And then um, we started doing the you know woodworking stuff on the side, and I'm like, "Cool, sure, let's try it." And uh, I've just been going with the flow. Giving it all I, I have. Like, it's not... It's, we didn't stumble upon success accidentally. We did work... We do work really hard. Yeah. We looked through Etsy. We were like, what's selling? What's not selling? You know, did how much homework. are people... Yeah, we we do so much... And we've made a lot of products that don't sell. They're just complete yeah. misses. Yeah. And then we just go on to the next thing. Yep. Um, so we do keep at it. Like, I, it seems like it's by accident, but only because, like, the designing part and coming up with ideas is one of the more fun parts of the job. Because mm-hmm. you get to be creative and make new things. It's the having to make 10 of these things today for the billionth time that gets really annoying. The, the <laughs> that's, that's the boring part of yeah. it. It's always fun to make something new. And uh, But anyway, so it's not completely by accident. I mean, we're, we both him and I worked really hard. You guys know what you're doing. Yeah, and we, yeah, we do our homework. Yeah. And um, we're trying to figure out what will work. But other than that, it's a very go-with-the-flow kind of thing. And so I'm hoping that the flow will eventually take me back to teaching. 
Hopefully. And I I hope you get to see everything that you want to. I hope everything goes the direction you want to. You're doing it, baby. We're doing it. it. Hey, yes, you are. Yes, Yes, sir. Yes, you are. Yes, Yes, sir. So, my glass is empty. What a conversation. Before we go, and this is up to you, do you want to plug your Etsy shop? Uh, Yes, but not because I want any more business, but just in case anybody who's listening wants to be like, what kind of stuff do you make? What does he make? Yeah, what kind of things can I do? So, if you go to Etsy, um, if anyone's not familiar with Etsy... Uh, it's basically it's like eBay, but it's for like uh, handmade stuff and homemade stuff. Right. Uh, our shop is called um, One O Seven Woodworks Co. All kind of one word. I'm sure you would find it One O Seven because that's the suite that we're in for our shop. Gotcha. And it was just something generic. So One O Seven Woodworks Co. Uh, company on um, Etsy, and you can at least see the sort of stuff that we make. Um, right. If you're a fan of like Bob's Burgers or The Office. We have some signs. Animal that you Crossing. Enjoy. Animal was Crossing. That was that was the thing that really started. We started selling the most. Absolutely. Yeah. That it's that's what started everything because we started a business right when that new Animal Crossing game came out. Yep. And we came up with a couple things that integrated that little leaf logo, and man, that made us a lot of money. Good and, deal. Then, uh, but anyway, but yep, check it out if you're interested. You don't have to buy anything, but you know you can just see the sort of stuff that we make. See what this man makes, baby. But uh, thank you, Justin, for coming on. Oh, dude, it was absolutely my pleasure. Absolute blast. Uh, follow us at Instagram, Zach Speakeasy. We're on Untapped. We are reviewing beers constantly. So go up there, Zach Speakeasy, and we will catch you next week for another episode. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. And please remember to always drink responsibly.